Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello everyone, welcome back to Saturday Draft Live. I am your host this week, Jack Graham, and I will be introducing my panel on a rather sombre note for one, unfortunately, after a after a loss at Quiz Showdown 4 against the GOAT, David Campbell, and now he finds himself in the purgatory zone, unfortunately, for this man. It is Scott McLeod. I'm sorry I had to introduce you on such a on such a sombre tone, Scott, but it's needed, isn't it? Well, yes, I know. I mean, Jesus, what a upbeat way to introduce a, a boy on a Saturday. Like, I have no shame <laughs> for my, my push showdown loss, as you all saw. It came down to the wire, like, by like one point over, like, how many times did Kate Winslow and Leonardo DiCaprio work together? And it was in sudden <laughs> death, and I was like, but he's Sean Brett all over again, except much better. Uh, I, I will say, with, with, with that, I, I don't believe mint chocolate chip should have been accepted as an answer for the. For the flavour of Pop Tart and uh, Elf, I think it was, but you know, it's, it's what it is, isn't it? Yeah, it was weird. It was annoying that I actually thought about putting chocolate as an answer before I put strawberry for some reason. But <laughs> anyway, that's one of the minor details of Elf I, didn't, I never thought to fucking pay attention to because I'm always grossed out by what the hell he's, all that stuff he's putting on his bloody spaghetti. But as far as future goes, like, I've, I've been making peace with this decision for the last like couple of weeks. It's been very close before now between me and David. But I honestly think if me or him managed to stay in nines while the other gets relegated, neither of us should be really happy about that, given that we both went from former draft winners to ninth place. I don't think we should be like taking pride in that kind of victory. No, not at all. But uh, our next regular co-host, he is the, the Casanova of online Skype dating. He is Mr. <laughs> Zoom Operator. It is David Hockney. How are we doing, my friend? Um, uh, I've definitely, this is the last time I tell you about any um, <laughs> any, <laughs> any date night plans I have, given that you know we can't go out anymore, but uh, I actually have to concur with my with my co-host. Uh, I think the, Mitch, the mint chop chip answer was very much blurring the lines between that and the actual answer, so... You know, maybe a mild form of controversy coming out of that, but you know, I think if Scott is accepting the result, I think that's all we can really, really do ourselves. Uh, it was a really grueling contest. You know, it's yeah. There was no shame in losing that. It was very, it was very difficult. But it's just this, it's minor details. But we, we surpass it. You know, we, we take on the chin as the STL boys do, and we move on. But we have a special guest on this episode, boys. We've. We spoke about it at the time, obviously, uh, that this man was sitting mid-table, pretty mid-table to for most of the season, and then uh, COVID doesn't help many folk, but it certainly helped Alan McLucas when he saw his captain ask, I get about 50 points in the space of a, in a space of a night. Welcome to the show, Alan. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. As I as it was said, you know, ask us, ask us kept you kept you up high and pray, but we'll talk about that more. We are on as you're in a kind of rather fruitful position just now, but we'll just do the usual kind of stuff. Obviously, you can find Suplex Retweet on Twitter and Instagram, you've got Facebook, the community page. 
We're all over our Anchor and Spotify, iTunes. We've got our website, superplexretweet.com. You can find the full back catalogue. But speaking of the community page, that is where you will find our SDL 50 episode, which comes next week, and we will be live. We have special guest Daniel Campbell. We may have a couple of more surprises coming from that. But stay tuned. Make sure they're at half 11 next Saturday. Us three will be there as normal. We've got Daniel there, you know. He's... He's me and him have been at the top of the table for the majority of this season battling out. It's been a a very exciting contest and we'll be having a showdown at that. So that's uh, something to look forward to. But something else that you may have seen on the community page this week, uh, David Campbell, he's been pretty vocal on many a group chat, calling out Stephen Wilson and Laura Kerr to cash in their title shots that they have as he wants to be a fighting champion and he refused to turn up on Saturday Draft Live many a time to come and cash in his shot. And obviously we saw on the community page David Campbell start a petition to strip them of their uh, title shots. And it got to the point that Stephen Wilson, the, the admin and moderator of the community group page, turned off the comments that we can't see who else would join the, join the movement of this. But, boys, I've got a wee, a wee note here. And it is from Stephen Wilson himself. Would you, would you like me to read it out? Please do. Yes, because clearly, as we saw in Facebook, the people have spoken. Viva the resistance. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not happy how this starts. Dear SDL morons. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not a good way. I have said yep, in this dark. statement to address the constant disrespect I'm shown on this show and podcast. Ugh, first of all, people should stop First of all, people, people should stop greeting about points. It's a pain in the arse counting them, and the last thing I need is people claiming Mrs. in Retribution or young Timothy Thatcher beating up half the performance centre outside his Ford Fiesta. <laughs> Don't even get me started on Keith Lee. Daniel Campbell would still have ended up 200 points behind me last season, even if Lee pinned the entire roster. Uh, more importantly, though, I'd like to address the wannabe Terry Funk Jr. that is David Campbell. I'm a busy man, David, and I have no time to be dealing with a man who's only the go at organising his collection of Harry Potter books. <laughs> this is my house, and I choose not—I choose when I take my shot, not some guy who is as relevant as the Fast and Furious series. Ooh. What do you make of that? I mean, it's certainly a, certainly a bold statement, and uh, I mean, he does make a lot of clever points. You know, he's he's a busy man at times and, you know, there have been a few controversies when it comes to point scoring and, you know, he's bound to miss maybe one or two. So, and jumping on those comments like that, I think I think he is somewhat justified, maybe not 100%. Scott, what's, what's, your, what's your take on it? Of, uh, he's, been, he's kept pretty quiet about it, but now he's, he's sent in this statement to SDL and he's called us morons to begin with. And he's, he's called out... Uh, David Campbell, Daniel, Ross, and Alan, and all that as well. I know it's just it's just unfair for him to lash out in such a way. You know, he's not got time to appear on this show. He's got time to make it taking morning bitchy pills. You know, like <laughs> talking that way to some of his top, his top hosts. You know, on one of his top shows. You know, how many other extra shows got moved to the main feeder? You know, <laughs> they're all that. dead. They're all dead. But, uh, Alan, you knew that you were a guest on this week. You even took a drive at you just for the sake of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that statement speaks of a total coward dictator. He's just 
a shite bag. See the whole Miz Nice thing, which let's be honest, we all know it was. If that was anyone else doing, you'd have got the points. And I know for a fact they'd have got the points. I'm a social piranha in this whole draft situation. I know that. I've accepted that. That would have been if that was Ross complaining, boss would have got the points. Spoken like a true coward, and do you know what? I've got an exclusive for you. Oh my. As as you mentioned, yes, the comments kept getting turned off. Did you notice they kept getting turned back on? I, I did see they got turned back on at some point. Your exclusive is? It was me. <laughs> oh, you're giving the people I, what they want. Exactly. And do you know what? I don't believe David Campbell is a fighting champion, but I understand he wants to prove to be the best. Is he the best? God, no. But I do want to see him wipe the floor with Stephen. And let's be honest. We all know. We all want Stephen to lose. It just makes us happy. <laughs> so I would send a message out to Stephen Wilson. Stop being a chicken shit and man up. <laughs> exactly. Your your words are echoed amongst the Saturday draft white boys, and I'm pretty sure everyone else on each sleeps of place between anyone else that follows the podcast in itself are fed up with the man. It's just lazy about doing bugger all. Just hurry up and step up, my friend. But we'll go into the top three of the week and uh, I will come to you, Scott, and we'll talk about Seth Rollins, uh, David Campbell's captain. He got eight points. Very A very fruitful uh, move to SmackDown as it's seen. He beat Murphy and he was appearing in a couple of segments. Uh, obviously, his captain was originally Selena Vega as well. The captain changes proved pretty well so far for him, hasn't it? Oh Yes, at the moment it's all sunshine and roses for David Campbell, but I look at Seth Rollins and think, you utter bastard. How selfish of you to appear on SmackDown and get a win in a match, you know, and take David Campbell a few, eight or so points ahead of me, you know? Like, how bloody dare you? But yes, other than that, from a draft perspective, uh, it is a smart decision by him. He said there's a, has been a strong pick, like, throughout the history of this entire draft. Nah, he's, he's always, he's always that kind of, guy that everybody wants to get at some points and David Campbell was just lucky to get him obviously I think a lot of folk were wondering when he'd be kind of leaving to be with his wife Becky or fiance Becky during the pregnancy but doesn't seem to be having any time soon so uh, it's a very very good pick from uh, David Campbell to get Seth Rollins but Dave we'll come to you next with our second place this week Hurt Business with 10 points mm-hmm. obviously uh, Gary's captains and they were all over the show on Raw, you know, they picked up the win, a clean win against Retribution, which is bizarre in itself, and they beat down Titus and Neil, and they did. There's theirs all over the show, they said, and it's arguably the captain of Hart Business has got Gary into the position he's in at the table today, hasn't he? Yeah, the Hart Business has been a, a prominent focal point of Monday Night Raw these last few months now. Uh, you know, you can't go wrong when booking the Hurt Business as a as the dominant faction. You know, multiple appearance points and a clean win over Retribution as well, which I think does more damage to Retribution than it does in hyping up the Hurt Business because the Hurt Business was already hyped up uh, as a top uh, stable to begin with. So, and I, I know we all raised question marks or maybe we we're taken aback by Gary's selection of the Hurt Business as a tag team. Specifically, it's MVP and Bobby Lashley. He hasn't picked uh, all four of them, but regardless... They all pe- they all appear together at the same time, so it doesn't make a lot of uh, a lot of difference, you know, which order they compete in. But 
as evident from the leaderboard, you know, it's helping Gary out immensely. And now he's potentially within at least third place now. No, he's, he's got a very good chance of, of climbing up. And obviously, we'll, we'll speak about Helena Selna back. I don't think they're booked on that. But we could very well see her business against Retribution again come Survivor Series. And that will be very key considering that will be the, the end of Season 6 of the draft here. But our number one of the week and how fitting that Alan is on this show when Asuka is number one this week with 11 points. I was like, a title defence against Lana and then appeared in this Law & Otis core segment on SmackDown. Rather bizarre, obviously, playing up the money in the bank when she got alongside Otis. Uh, we'll, we'll speak more about your team in a bit, Alan, but Asuka, doing bits for you, isn't she? Oh, she's a crown jewel of this season's draft. Um, at the fact that I was the fourth pick overall, uh, and the fact that she wasn't even picked, it was all, she was the first female picked as well. I couldn't believe her, but she was my first dream pick. And the fact that everyone in front of me all went male, uh, it was just an absolute dream. And she's been sensational for me. And I know it has been stated that she is carrying the team, uh, but I will let happily let her carry the team the way she's continuing. Uh, just for me, she's the greatest pick I've ever had. And she must be close to being one of the best all-time picks now. I was. Right, she's sitting there at 94 points currently overall, and she's 20 points ahead of her business, so her second, sitting second place in the top 10 this season. So an absolute an absolute blinder. Asuka does have the, the most wins for this season as well with eight, which is three more ahead of FTR, Moxley, Chris Jericho, and Braun Strowman, who all have five. You talk about how COVID doesn't really help most people. It does. It did help us because it seems to be, especially after Becky left, she's been the most consistent performer on Raw, and you know that continued after SummerSlam. So that was good for for Alan. Yeah, five. Five. I know it's, they said it was weird that she wasn't picked before he got to like yeah. You get why Jack and Ryan would go for Roman and Drew. Grant, in hindsight, his first round pick of Alistair Black. When someone like Asuka was available, I think is proven to be a, a not so not so wise decision. Uh, and uh, five of Asuka's wins as well were title matches. Two of them were on pay per view. Three were on TV. So she has she's had more title wins than non title wins in this season. And with with the captaincy bonus, that's that's contributed immensely. Mm. I mean, you can't you can't go wrong with it. With it, to be fair, obviously, I I just said. Ryan drafted Roman, I drafted Drew, I think. I think whoever was going to be first was going to draft Roman, and whoever was going to be second was going to draft Drew. Mm-hmm. And they obviously they thought it was going to be the focal point, but I'm very I'm very surprised that Grant didn't take Asuka, and obviously Grant's downfall is Alan's gain, as we'll see in the top 11 of the table, where Grant is sitting in last place with 86 points. But I can't confirm a captaincy change is taking place for Grant here. Alistair Black is no longer the captain of his team and has now been moved to Johnny Gargano as he heads up to Halloween Havoc against Damian Priest for the North American title next Wednesday. Oh, that's a, a gamble and a half that because, you know, putting the captaincy on somebody right before a big title match, I can vary in success. It worked for me with a curse you did this season, but it didn't work with best friends the season before that. And uh, there are numerous other examples of other people who the captaincy on somebody and it doesn't quite work out the way they want so uh, it's quite, it quite literally a gamble given that Johnny's matches is determined by a spin of the wheel this week 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know he could have he could have gone for Candice LeRae as well because they're both well they're on twenty two and twenty three points respectively. So I think he had uh, it was a bit of a toss up between the two. So. Mm-hmm. I think Gargano is probably the safer bet, given that you know I think he needs a bit of a resurgence after so many losses. Candice, I think, could probably I don't know. Candice might get it as well, but either way, you know I think Grant might benefit from this captaincy change. You know, I think that he was it was a toss up for him between the two, and you know that if like Candice wins and Johnny doesn't, he's going to be kicking himself that he didn't put the captaincy on Candice, or if he put the captaincy on Candice and she didn't win, he'd be kicking himself. As well, I think the women's. Uh, I think the reason he may not have put the thing on Candice is because like the women's matches are more of a toss-up than the North American, because you know it doesn't really matter who has the belt because at the moment there's still quite a few, quite a large like one of challengers to that belt. You, know, you got Rhea Ripley, you got Shotzi potentially at some point, you got Ember Moon and Tony Storm coming back, so that doesn't really change whether or not either of them have the the title. But on as you said, David, like Johnny probably needs the belt more given how many opportunities he's had in the last few months at it and how many times he's lost. I think you've got to look at as well, like Black Black was drafted like in the last round to SmackDown pretty much and I don't think he's appeared. Didn't appear yesterday, last night on it, but Johnny Gargano and Candice, like they appear multiple times a night on NXT be it in the arena itself or if they're doing the kind of wee segments in our house you know what I mean they're always a focal point of that TV show so it's I, I fully understand why he's made the captaincy change and trying to capitalise on those points as much as he can considering his perilous position right now and speaking of perilous position Scott you're in that peril with 95 and a half points in 10th position it's not, it's not very good is it well no it wasn't helped the fact that my I get once again my tag team Cesaro and Nakamura were basically thrown to the wolves uh, again this week. Really, the the poor handling of Cesaro Nakamura this season has not helped me one bit. And also the fact that Ruby Riot is now in SmackDown and didn't feel the need to show up. You know, I need to take small victories during the week. I was happy about Sean Spears' victory on Dark during the week. That's how. <laughs> that's what my life has come to right now. It's a it's a shame. You know, we don't want to see one of the SDL boys get relegated. But you're a bit. Five and a half points behind David Campbell in ninth position. Obviously, he was singing his praises this morning about not being in that purgatory. But I think it's the first time he's been out of purgatory. I can't quite mind. Obviously, he's, he's been a, maybe a focal point of that. He was, yeah. he was out uh, briefly like a couple of weeks ago, and I was in by like a point, and then he went. Then we went back. I think this is the most of a gap it's been between me and him, with him being out of purgatory and me being in it, and like. I'm not sure what he really say about this because, like, I, I don't know what else I can do to get back out again. And I, I, I've known. I said at the start of the season, I didn't mind if one of us went in purgatory. Obviously, you don't wish for it to happen in an ideal world, but I thought the idea of one of us going to purgatory next season would be a different dynamic to the show. And once again, we'll prove why this is the greatest show. But again, if I can help it and be so smug. Uh, to David Campbell and not be in it, I will try my best. Well, you, we believe in you, Scott. We we have to believe in you. But maybe someone they could even consider still being part of that, Stephen Wilson, the, the prick that he is with that statement calling calling everyone out here on this show, 112.5 points. Ross McLeod, the seventh position, 119 points. 
Uh, David, there's a bit of gap between you two there. You're in sixth position, 136 points. A bit of a fall, fall from grace of, of mm. uh, recent events, but you're, obviously you'll be hoping Hell in a Cell will be a bit of a turnaround for you. Yeah, it's been a bit of a quiet week for me. So, I mean, this was a chance for other people to overtake. But, you know, that uh, that group of people between third and sixth, you know, the gap is is really small. So that that makes no difference. And obviously with Hell in a Cell coming up, you know, this could be a, a turning point for my season, hopefully. Oh, well, uh, I may be hoping otherwise for selfish gains, but we'll talk about that uh, later on. Uh, Gary's fifth with 138 and a half points. We've got Ryan Gallagher who will obviously have Roman Reigns defending Hell in a Cell in fourth position at 143.5 points, so you could certainly see him climb up a bit more. Alan, you find yourself in the top three of the table overall by two points and 145.5. Are you you're fairly content of where you are there? Do you think you can make a climb up to the top soon? Um, looking at the way the pay-per-views are going up to some uh, Survivor Series, I, I would say I've got a, a chance. It's a long shot because I'm looking... Potentially two victories at Hell in a Cell. Uh, the Young Bucks have got the title shot against FTR at full gear. And also Asker potentially could appear at Hell in a Cell. Also Survivor Series. Most likely Asker's going to defend there. Um, you know, and there is obviously the potential that Miz could try and cash in on someone. And hopefully yeah. from my perspective, he would do it before the end of Survivor Series. So... I'm not really, I wouldn't see I'm out of it. Um, I'm most likely going to drop to fourth by the end of Hell in Cell, unless Roman somehow loses. Um, but you add that all together, I I have, a sh- I have a shot at going for the title. It's a long shot, but I'm not out of it. I, I, I definitely don't think you're out of it. I've, I, I've said many a week, I still think Ryan Gallagher's winning it, but when you get to myself and Daniel here, obviously I'm, I'm second at 163 points and Daniel's first at 173 points. I don't know if it's too too big a gap for Ryan to kind of build because obviously Breezango lost the tag belts. Finn Balor's out for surgery. The only one he's really got going for him right now is Roman Reigns and I don't know if that'll be enough to win. But that's our top 11. Alan, my friend, we will come to you about your team. Are you ready for a grilling? Right. <laughs> hey. See, to be fair, I don't think it's that much of a grilling, to be fair. Obviously, Asuka, COVID's helped there a lot with your captain there. There's no, no arguments about how she's doing. You must, as I said, you must be over the moon with how she's pulled your team up to where they are now. Absolutely. I mean, I think next season she will be the number one pick. I don't think anyone's going to be looking to Drew if he's still the champion. Or Roman, I think she's the one everyone's going to go after. Um, so I, I expect her to be gone within the first three picks. I'd be very, very shocked if it gets past the first three picks and Asuka's still sitting there like it was for this season. Uh, but she has been sensational. And to be honest, if I didn't have her, uh, I would be below Grant. I think so. I think because I was... If, see, if my backup pick was going to be Bailey, but by the time it got to me at that point, Obviously, Campbell made the humongous mistake of picking you know, Bailey's ass as his tag team, so that ruined that scuff of that plan. And if Grant had picked Asuka, I was on the plums. Um, so I, I probably would have to change my entire tactics during Grant's pick, uh, which would have left me pretty much up a creek without a paddle. So I would, I know for a fact I'd probably be, I'd be in the purchase zone if Grant had picked Asuka. 
Mm. Well, you colour grand stupid, and it's proved your fortune. So there you go. Uh, your tag team, Young Bucks, sitting about seventeen points right now. Obviously, they won the the fatal four way tag thing for the non contendership. But we saw FTR kick the show. Them, my boys, doing what they do best. And uh, Jack, Jack, sorry to correct you. The Young Bucks are actually on twenty points. Sorry. Are they? Oh well, the 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 spreadsheet's not updated. So fuck you, Stephen Wilson. <laughs> but, uh, aye, there you go. Twenty points anyway, and we saw FTR like kick a shit out of them you know what I mean and potentially obviously there's that injury thing that's happening with the leg or the uh, either Martin or Canny Mind it's billed right now that Young Bucks will be going up against FTR for the tag titles do you think this is a way do you think that match is still going to happen or do you think it's going to be delayed a bit just to keep that story going because obviously it's just kind of came a bit out of nowhere no I think it's going to happen Um the thing is, I can see both. I can see FTR retaining. I can also see FTR losing. Um, they don't like to keep the tag types on people long. Uh, you know, obviously, Hangman and uh, Page was a bit different, but the tag team division wasn't quite at its peak yet. It was building, um, and the Bucks have openly said they wanted to build the division up before they started getting, to, you know, towards before they became t- champions. But now that division is so strong, it's probably the strongest aspect of the whole AEW company this could be the time that they actually take take the titles from FTR which for me would be fantastic um, and I think 20 points isn't great overall but considering the majority of their appearances have just been appearances they've not really been participating it's not actually that bad uh, and they have been pushing other tag teams so but this, I think this when it comes to the picks this season, the tag teams, I think, was the hardest one because everyone wanted FTR. Everyone knew FTR were going to be the tag tag champs and they were going to run with it. We've spoken previously in other shows how WWE doesn't exactly respect tag team wrestling. So, like, look at Scotty picks the SmackDown tag champions and then boom, gone. Mm-hmm. And then now they're floating about in, well, shite, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so, really, for the tag team, it had to be W. And I, I was swaying between the Lucha Bros and them but because the Eddie Kingston's are uh, taking over that faction and there were, I read rumours online that there were going to be more singles matches than actual tag matches I thought I had to go for the Young Bucks because I think it was just a very difficult decision in the tag teams um, and I think next season the tag teams are going to be the most difficult decision again as well because WWE really haven't changed their stance other than the Street Profits probably so I, I still think it was a good pick but it was the best of a bad bunch. Mm. Uh, I have a couple of questions. Uh, first off, don't know about Hell in a Cell. At the moment, as we were recording this, only uh, five matches are announced. I know in WWE, as they're wanting to do with some of their B pay per views, they'll probably announce a couple of matches like the day of. At the moment, it doesn't look likely that they'll randomly add a, an Asuka match for the title like last minute, given she already defended the belt uh, on Raw against Lana. However, you do have Jeff Hardy against Elias. Given Elias has just come back, how confident are you about Jeff winning and adding some uh, more points to your team, given that he has suffered quite a few big losses after he lost the IC title? Yeah, um, I took the gamble on Jeff, because by the time I picked Jeff, there was really not a lot left. My actual next pick was going to be Damien Priest, and that's when Grant picked him right before, so I was trying to look at who's a champion, who's still got potential runs in them. There wasn't a lot on offer because I had to pick a male, uh, and Jeff was the obvious choice, not the one I would have wanted personally, but 
Um, in this position, I think WWE usually going to three months on their rivalry. I can see Jeff winning this one because they would just continue. We just start off the rivalry where he wins. Elijah no happy comes after mother and it'll continue. So I, I think Jeff's got the potential to win this one. But going to how WWE do actually cheat Jeff, which is let's be honest, it's not the best. It's not get the greatest respect. I still wouldn't be surprised if Elias goes over and beats him. Yeah, because like it does seem like even no matter, no matter who wins this, we'll probably continue for far too long. Give it a month or so, we're like, is this still bloody going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, much. And I want to ask about Asuka. You admitted that uh, she, she is probably carrying the, the team in some respects, but how do you respond to like like the Ross who said uh, previously that this has become a pattern for some of your teams? And we've actually mentioned it in in some respects on this show that you know you had. Uh, your NXT UK picks around at the time of TakeOver Blackpool in Season 3 and their big wins helped carry out the table in the second half of the season when before you were kind of near the bottom and the fact that Cody was your strongest pick by far uh, in Season 5. How do you respond to people saying this is a pattern for your teams that you have one or two key picks that carry the rest of the team? Uh, there's a certain validity to it. Um, if I break it back to Season 3, I read that the NXT UK were going to have another takeover before the draft was announced. And given the fact that Gallus and Keely were champions, I felt pretty confident going to. So I made the game plan where they're the ones I want to get, and if, I, and if everything goes the way I think it should, I'm in where short of winning it, which is exactly what happened. It played out perfectly. Just my other picks failed to turn up. Speaking of picks that just failed to turn up last season, um, on paper, and I'll argue this for anyone, I had the best team on paper. Nobody could touch my team. It was the strongest team. Big hitters in every position. Becky falls pregnant. Dan Youssef. That's really <laughs> Becky. At least a year. So my captain's gone within the first week. So that's scunnered. Um, WWE just did the usual. All the things have all just, just thrown back to wherever it comes from. So they've, they've just been jobbing Bray Wyatt. And the fiend, and he has been a jobber for some time, in my opinion. Uh, Cody obviously was never my champion. Becky was my champion. Becky was appearing sometimes three, four times an episode in Raw while performing. So Cody was always going to be the backup captain to that team. Um, and thankfully, I had him because I would have been bottom. Uh, it's, I do feel that season three, yeah, Ross has a point because I made the calculated decision to go NXT UK because I knew the takeover was coming mm-hmm. last season. Not the case. I just had absolute crap luck. I had the best team on paper, and WWE just decided to fuck with me. <laughs> and so <laughs> deceased. Um, so I just feel deep, deeply unfair uh, there. This season, I went with a different tactic than I've ever done. And I followed that David Campbell was just go for the female picks first because there's not as many as them. Mm-hmm. So when I got asked, I thought, great. And I started to see a lot of the big hitters go very, very quickly, like you said, roaming through. Um, I went for my females first and after I picked Asker, if you kind of go think back the whole thing changed everyone started focusing on the females the female performers and very very quickly my backups my second picks for females were pretty much all gone and yeah Dakota has not even turned up she's I don't know having a sunbathe somewhere on the beach lucky her so that's just sort of scunnered me <laughs> with that um, so I'm really happy I've asked her 
Young, as I said, I've already mentioned about the tag teams. I just felt it was difficult, and it was the best of a bad bunch for the Young Bucks. Um, Angel Garza was appearing, sit like the Becky, several times on Raw. He's winning eight times out of ten. He seemed like a sword pick, and then boom, he's injured. Mm-hmm. Gone. So, again, fake going against me in that one. Miz has been a very slow burner. I potentially could pick up momentum now, and could actually end up being... WWE champion or Universal champion by the end of Survivor Series. I'm not sure it's going to happen, but if it was that, I think he's more likely to after Drew or Orton. I seen it online earlier on. There's talks of Orton's going to go over Drew this weekend, and he's going to cash in on Orton like he did originally when he first became WWE champion. So that is still a slow burner potential. Could still getting some good points. Um, yeah, and Jeff Hardy. If I'm honest, was, as I've already said, it was a panic pick. I wanted another champion in there to try and get me extra points. He's no longer there, and WWE have, again, treated him quite poorly, so he's dropped down. Um, it's kind of like the Alistair Black thing, where he seems to have done quite well at the start, and then, boom, just collapses. Um, so I'd say this season, to an extent, Ross has a point, but not all the not always the case. I, I tried to pick a balanced team. I tried to make sure I had somebody on every single show. And then also with the draft happening, I now have zero points again on a Friday night because all my draft picks that were on SmackDown are now on Raw. So I look good on a Monday, depending on the bucks developed. I'm usually okay on a Wednesday, but that's me. That's my week over. Um, Who gives a fuck so, about what Ross says anyway, Alan? You know what I mean? A prick. I mean, listen, Ross likes to sound his own voice, and to be honest. We all mute money talks anyway, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do agree with the whole like well balancing. We've we've made that argument before. Is it is it based on just one good pick or is it just do it with a well balanced team that helps somebody win? I think your team is more well balanced this season than it was before. I think a lot of the time it is basically a roll of the dice when you make your, your picks. Because like this week particularly, like you've had more of your other member of your team up the besides just ask uh, winning points so like the Bucks are our favourite potentially to be FTR and I've said before that it depends how they want to start off this, this rivalry between the two, do they want to start off with the Bucks losing and chasing them else or do they want to start off with them winning FTR chasing them Jeff has been a big match at LNSL, Miz is finally as you said doing stuff, I'm sure Dakota Kai appeared uh, on XT, I think she's starting a thing with Ember Moon I think the fact that Asuka is a more of a given she's the Rovers champion and your captain is getting a lot of big points now while the rest are slow burners by comparison, is making it seem similar to previous seasons, whereas I think your team is more well-balanced than people realise, with the exception of Garza, who is uh, who is injured. And I'm honest with you, I was disappointed at first when Jeff got picked before I could get to him, and uh, right now I'm like, uh, yeah, you can have him. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> I do say, Jack, though, if FTR lose uh, and Drew loses... Sorry, pal. I think that may be game over for you. Mate, if, I, if Drew doesn't win on Sunday, the game's over for me. And I've I've said that I had to go big, so I didn't think I had enough. I didn't have a, didn't think I have enough gas in the steam to keep going with FTR as captains, and I had to make that big play. And you know what? I'll I'll, I'll die in my sword. You know what I mean? I've like I've gave it my best chance. I made the cabs a change at the right moment. I think, and it's just it is what it is. We'll, we'll see what happens. I've. I, I'm very happy with how I performed this season. I think that it's the, it's the best season where I performed in, and I'll, I'm, I'm put, I think I'll put up a fight right up until the last show. So it's 
I, I can't do much else. But we'll we'll move we'll move on to obviously Hell in a Cell this weekend. We've spoke about Elias versus Jeff Hardy. There's a bit of mixed opinion there. I think the apps. I think at least for me anyway. I think Miz is an absolute certainty to win this. I think there's no use having the Money in the Bank contract on SmackDown. You've got Roman as Universal Type Champion, but they're not going to take it off him at any point. So it, it makes sense for Miz to win for me. Uh, Dave, what's your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's been quite a bit of talks about, you know, getting the contract off of Otis, but at the end of the day, you know, the, those articles have also said it comes down to, you know, who what his biggest fan, Vince McMahon, has to say about it. So, I mean, it's still still up in the air at, the, at this stage, but it wouldn't surprise me if Miz ended up getting the contract. And obviously we've got three, in a hell, three hell in a cell matches so far. Obviously, time recording, there is only five matches, Scott said. I don't think there'll be much else added because because of how big the three Hell in the Cell matches are. I think also the pay-per-views in recent memory as well has been going about two and a half hours. So I think it makes sense that this card might only be five matches. But the first one, we'll talk about it just concerns David Campbell. Obviously, he will only get the one point for it with the golden role models going up against each other for SmackDown his title. But I'll go around anyway and ask you how you win. Scott, Sasha or Bailey, who you got? I'm going to go Sash in this one, although I do disagree that there won't be many more matches soon. I think with three Hell in a Cell, you need at least one or two more so you can kind of put them in between the Cell matches to help kind of break up a bit because I don't think one match in between a Cell, between one match, one regular match between two Cell matches is enough. Hey, Alan, who, who have you got here, Bailey or Sasha? I've got Sasha. I think uh, Bailey's been champion too long. They need a new champion. Plus, also, it's I do over think a year now, isn't it? It has. Plus, you never know. Asker might be asked to defend at the last minute. You know, another <laughs> COVID outbreak and Asker comes in. That's that. You know, Sasha gets tested COVID positive. Oh no, what are we going to do? Well, Asker's going to have to come in and just be Bailey and she. Oh no, double champ. <laughs> I see. You honest, it wouldn't surprise me with the with the with the, with the luck of COVID coming your way. And uh, Dave. Bailey or Sasha? Are you? I'm, I'm Sasha as well. I think Sasha will win. Do you think Bailey will retain or do you think Sasha will take it here? See, I originally went with Bailey, but now I'm starting to lean towards Sasha a bit. But I think it will definitely be one of the most uh, more personal, brutal feuds of the night. So it wouldn't surprise me if Sasha wins, but it also wouldn't surprise me if Bailey wins either. I think the most personal and brutal feud of the night will be the I Quit match in the Hell in the Cell between Roman and Jay, considering what happened on SmackDown, if, if Jay says I quit, both him and Jimmy will be annexed from the, the bloodline they're just gone, stricken off the the Samoan history books this is this is one that I think is absolutely certain Roman Reigns is winning, Al, do you agree as well? Uh, yeah I can't see Jay winning I, I, I don't even think this will be a long match, actually. I think it's going to be... I'm not going to say a squash, but I don't think it's going to be long. I think it's going to be quite a short match because they're trying to make Roman just look like Brock. That's an unbeatable force. Um, so, yeah, Roman's for me to win this. Uh, Dave, I take it Roman as well? Yeah, Roman too. Scott? Yeah, Roman. Uh, like I said, I hope it's not too short because, like we mentioned, uh, I think it's coming out this week. Uh, uh, we got a Hell in a Cell feature show coming and we talk about uh, certain Hell in a Cell matches go under 10 minutes like it's one of the ones like what's the point in this and while I couldn't see this going longer than that I hope like they give they don't like have 
do you get squashed and see the seal? Otherwise, what's the point in doing it and see the seal? Oh, I think I think I can just see Jay getting kind of bad about silly here. I think the one that one that we might be a bit conflicted on and who wins, well, at least we're going to have it's not going to be a full unanimous decision on who thinks we'll win is Drew versus Randy Orton and they have this out match. Obviously, I I think I want and think Drew's going to win. Uh, Dave, I know you'll want Randy to win, but do you think he'll win it? I mean, I do want Randy to win, but you know, Drew's been rumored to be having other feuds, you know, already planned for him in the build-up to Survivor Series. Uh, whether or not the title's going to be involved in that as well, I'm not too sure. But if I was a betting man, I think third time's the charm for Randy Orton. Scott, what's, what's your take? What what are the Saturday draft white boys here is going to come out on top? Uh, like this would make a lot more sense if like Orton had won it, Clash of Champions to have the sale match, but. As it stands, it doesn't. I don't have a lot of confidence in Orton to win the belt. It's not a lot of face challengers for him, but yeah, again, like going for like the run of his career to losing three straight, even if it is to someone as good as Drew, I'm gonna go with Orton. Oof. I think, honestly, I think regardless of Drew being in my team, I think that he's winning it. Uh, I think they need the one to build him is a big. Incredible thread, as as it's been said. I don't think there's many face challengers right now to go up against. I feel there's more there's more folk that Drew can go through and benefit from than Randy being champion right now. Alan, you have the deciding vote here, whether it's a tie or a Randy Orton overall win here. Who you got? My heart is telling me Drew because how Scotsman, but then he supports the bad side of Glasgow. So, but, <laughs> <laughs> but also, I think. Randy's going to win. I think this is the time. This is the third match. They need to give it to Randy, but I am praying he wins. Miz runs down. It's Skull Crushing finale on the, on the briefcase. Pins him. New champion. That's the dream. <laughs> well, if you put a knife in my heart and I'll not back and drew to the heavens, but I guess I understand for your team's sake you kind of needed to go the other way. But before we close our draft wise, Scott, I believe you've got some uh, stuff to speak about regarding Cush Showdown. Yeah, but before I say that, I just want to mention these three NFLs. Um, these are all potential main event matches. Like, how do they place them throughout the card? What one goes on first? What one goes in the middle? What one goes on last? It's going to be very interesting because personally, I think that Sasha Bailey one should be the main event. But like, I can't see Roman or like Drew opening the bloody show. <laughs> no, I, I think it'll be a live stretch opening the show. I think that's just like an easy one to do it with, but I don't know. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the, the night overall. I'm not really fussed about which match opens it. I think, I think everything that's on the card all makes all makes sense. I think it'll just be a good watch regardless. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think like, you can't imagine an I Quit match, even one on a cell opening a show, but you know, we'll cross that when we come to the show. It's up to them how they structure it. But yeah, I want to talk about Quiz Showdown 5. Because uh, as announced at the end of uh, Quiz Showdown 4, it will be back to wrestling again. Ross will be back to defend his championship. They won at Quiz Showdown 3. And uh, it will be myself who who hosts uh, that particular show. Uh, and I know Ross was very disappointed about not being involved in Quiz Showdown 4, you know, being pushed aside for me and David Campbell to settle our our great rivalry and being the champion and feeling like, oh, I'm like the Miz. And I would have thought to the Rock and, you know, 
and all that. I just I've been I've had a question in my mind. It's been really annoying me. I don't know if you guys can answer, but like, when did Ross McLeod become such a whiny, moany bitch? You know, <laughs> you know, like, where did Ross McLeod, the guy who won the first ever WrestleMania quiz, like the first ever proper like title change in ESSR history? You know, the guy who runs all the sweeps and all that. You know. Uh, when did he suddenly start coming a wee money bitch, Mister? Ah, I was ESSR. Well, fucking prove it then. Fucking show up, do Quiz Showdown Five. Be the first champion to retain a title. Don't moan because you weren't featured on Quiz Showdown Four. Because for once, it wasn't fucking about you. Show up to Quiz Showdown Five and prove yourself. Don't moan about it. Prove why you, why people shouldn't think you as a joke because you won one title a fucking year. About the fact you set the questions, you set the format, you set yourself up to win in these feet taking you never seem to fucking be able to. Like step up, be a fighting champion, and people will start to respect you a bit more. Don't just keep talking about it, earn it. And Jack, I heard you laughing there with your wee Jimmy Carr laugh, <laughs> all that. Fuck but hell, it's time for some fucking tough love, mate, because you've set yourself up to be on Quiz Showdown Five, and honestly, mate, I think you have been fucking complacent the last couple of weeks, you know. A couple of weeks ago, you're like, oh, oh, the hot stuff of ESSR, you're all comfy at the, the top of the table there. And now, look at you, you're already saying, oh, game's a bogey, I'm, I'm done after hell, and it changes. oh, this is Ryan's to win. Like, I have had a lot of faith in you. I need you to prove to me that that faith was not misplaced. I need you to go in there. If you want to shut Ross up for what he said about you last week, Go in there and beat him at Quest Show Five. Go and book it and fucking wipe the floor with that boy. Don't be taking none of his shite. Uh, I, I could be in a worse situation, Scott. Right now, I, I could be you. Oh, oh, that's a deflect in here. This is not. About, <laughs> I've, I've acknowledged my say. This is about Quest Showdown Five. This is about me. I've earned the right to make these mistakes as a former winner. You know. You, my friend, are a former ESSR champion, but you only got that place because of us here at SDL, and then you weren't even featured in the quiz that came after that, the Royal Rumble quiz, and you complained about that, but that didn't light the fire up your arse that it should have to get the ESSR title fucking back. Alright, this is your chance to be a champion, a proper champion, not a 365 champion that doesn't defend because, all oh, the pandemic and all that. And no more excuses, Jack. And David Hockney, don't think you're getting off lightly here, son, because you said you want to step up to be a part of Quiz Showdown 5. And I don't want the David Hockney that goes, ah, well, and kind of makes excuses for himself when he performs poorly. I want the old David Hockney. I want the David Hockney that was my biggest competitor. I want the David Hockney that won the first ever Royal Rumble quiz. I want the David Hockney that won, went on a couple months later to win the WrestleMania quiz. I want the old David Hockney, not this current version of David Hockney that just makes excuses for himself. I want the guy who won... Won the fucking draft season and the title and the same night because if that David Hockney doesn't show up, this quiz will chew you up and spit you out, boy. You want that, David Hockney? Yeah, you've got him. That's yeah, Sorry, boys. This is I need to keep this out some tough love. This has not come from a place of resentment. This comes from a place of love. I need you boys to step up. Step up and play. You damn. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> be but careful what you that, wish for, Scott. Be careful what you wish for. No, I'm, I'm, I'm the one. I'm the quiz master this time around. Doesn't affect me one, one bit. Ross, you should be worried about it. And I think, uh, I think on that note, uh, 
we should add, we should add Sandy Draft Wife a bit of it. Maybe it's the tough love that the SDL boys need, you know. As you say, we've been getting complacent a bit, a bit on our high horse, you know, talking shit. We need to talk the shit and walk the shit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll no doubt discuss all this and more on our live episode next week, which I will say again, you will find on the community page at half 11 next Saturday morning with myself, David Hockney, hosted by Scott McLeod and our very special guest, none other than Daniel Campbell. And as I said, I am sure you'll find some more surprises along the way. But we'll wrap up here and I will thank my panel. Scott, thank you very much once again. Thank you very much, Jack. David Hockney, my boy, thank you for coming on the show again, doing what you do best. Thank you, yeah. And Alan, thank you for being our guest this week and talking about your team and quite frankly, you opened my eyes as to you could potentially win this season. I thought Asuka would have been your hard carry, but there's some very valid points. You could actually, you could win this thing in that long shot, so best of luck. Thank you very much. We'll see what happens. And on that note, I've been Jack Graham. We'll catch you in a live show, my friends.